Hi, and welcome back to the Into the Borough podcast here on the Borough Reviews Network. For those of you who don't know, I'm Ren, the social media manager here at the Borough Reviews. I'll be taking over the podcast for Black History Month. This month, we'll be covering pop culture news with other Black creatives. On today's episode, we'll be talking about the Screequel to the Requel as Scream 2022 sequel gets a green light. We'll be talking about the number one song in the Billboard Charts Top 100, We Don't Talk About Bruno. Speaking of sequels, Criminal Minds has gotten their revival contract with Paramount Plus with surprising casting announcements. Additionally, I'll be sharing different ways to help support the Black community during Black History Month. My co-host today is none other than our chief editor, Jared Charles. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Yep, Jared, what's your favorite part about Scream 2022? Okay, so I talked extensively about Scream 2022 uh, a while back. You can go check out our full like length uh, Scream spoiler discussions already on the channel. Um, I liked it overall. Um, not a lot of people know how you feel about it, though. And I know that we've had a few people like ask about it. Um, Linda asked about it. So... Tell me your thoughts on Scream 2022 as someone who isn't a diehard like myself. I wasn't necessarily excited about Scream 2022 going into it. It was a topic of, of discussion between the two of us for months. I really did end up liking the way that they incorporated the original cast with the new cast. And I did like the new casting a lot. All right. Did you have any standouts of the new cast? I don't know any of their names. <laughs> <laughs> okay, their character names. How about that? Oh, is that also... <laughs> How are you going to bring up this sequel discussion and not know anyone's names? Um, Billy Loomis' daughter. All right. Um, Sam? Sam? Sam. Carpenter? There we go. Sam. 100%. A stunner. A stunner. Also, really like that one... The, oh, the the Dutch angle. <laughs> the Dutch the, angle, yes. The Dutch angle in front of um our man. It's Matthew Lillard's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stu Mocker's house. There we yeah, go. The Dutch angle, uh, specifically framing Sam as she Realizes. learns and discovers where she really is in relation to uh, her past. Essentially, um, super interesting the way that they were able to shoot that. I think, um, as far as scream getting a green light i know you want to talk about that so where do you where do you (laughs) (laughs) so where do you where do you want the where do you want the sequel to go from here um from here i really like this is the first time i've had strong feelings about gail i've had strong feelings about gail i wanted her to die probably like four movies ago Four movies ago, she would have died. 10 out of 10. Great time for me. Controversial opinion, I'm sorry. She also could have died in this one. And that would have been cool, too. I'm just saying. Um, I'd love to hear her book, though. I'd love to know about her book. I think that was really cute, really sentimental. It made me cry, and I don't really have a good connection with Scream like a lot of fans do. I'm not like, oh, this is my, this is my cast. Looks over at me. I know. I don't really have that feeling. And I remember us watching it the first time in a private movie theater. 
And I've never seen Jared stand up in a movie or freak out at any moment in his life. He's so cool, calm, and collected. And I was, I'm running around the theater. I'm walking the aisles because I'm anxious. I have no emotional attachment, but I have anxiety. So I can imagine that was really intense. Um, And yeah, you know which moment she's probably talking about there for diehard fans. Uh, Huge spoiler alert. So if you haven't seen it, don't. But Dewey's death is what she's referencing there, where I physically stood up from my seat. It's a fun time. But yeah, she was running all about, like all around the entire theater, like like a madwoman. But that's all I right. was I was having some intense feelings. I I really liked Dewey. I had a really little like I had a soft spot for him. Like I got that like socially awkward, like doesn't know how to talk to people vibe. And I and I relate. Sorry, I had to sneeze something. <laughs> that's okay. That's um but for the future of the franchise, honestly, I told Jared this after we saw the movie, that it could die. That it was a really good ending, and I would be content with it ending here. I understand that a lot of people are like, oh, this is like a revival. I didn't see that. I saw it as a good ending. As just, there's so many, like, long-running movies, like Fast and Furious, like, all of those that just, like, just stop. Just stop. Like, Fast and Furious could have stopped at 7, and it would have had a beautiful ending. And they kept going and they've just kind of like fucked it up at this point. And I just don't want to see that happen. Mm -hmm. That's a very real concern. It is. And you're rightfully like engaged in those feelings and how you feel about, about how sequels continue and carry on. And I guess we're going to talk about it a little bit later too, but um, just the idea of putting the past behind, I think is what this movie did really well. Um, so yeah, no, I, and I'm curious to know your thoughts on other revivals and how they're going to go about their, you know, navigating their characters that have been on screen. Um, like how long did criminal, I guess, well, let's just get into this discussion. Like how long did criminal minds go on for criminal minds started in about like, I think it was like 2006 or something. And it went up until like my, it went up until like about my junior or like senior year of high school. So that's like 2016, 2017. It had 15 seasons of just raw good content. God, it was so good. I still haven't finished it, so getting this revival news has been kind of exciting for me. But I don't know. I'm kind of nervous because I'm nervous from the articles that I've read that have been like, I don't know how they're going to incorporate these um, different characters that have agreed to come back, reportedly agreed to come back. Yeah, it was on for a long time. So my biggest connection to Criminal Minds and a lot of people's biggest connection is um, Massey Gray Goobler. He, Spencer Reed is such an icon and a staple in that. I mean, he's been there since the, since the beginning and we've all watched him like grow into a person because he was like a baby when he started. And so it's been so interesting to watch him grow and I follow him on Twitter. I'm a big Massey Gray Goobler stan. He's super weird and quirky and I love that about him. He has not confirmed or denied if he's coming back. And I want him to come back more than I want anything in the entire world. I'm so sorry. It's just not the same without him. It, yeah. it just wouldn't be the same without him. I'm trying to think of who else conformed. Yeah, I mean, like you have David Rossi, Emily Prentice, Luke, which Luke was a newer character towards the end of the seasons. Um, still really great. Jennifer Jerome. Um, Dr. Tara Lewis, another newer character towards the end of it. And then you had our girl, 
Kristen Kristen Vangness or Penelope Garcia, which Penelope is a staple. Penelope is a staple. And I did hear, I haven't like resumed Criminal Minds. I'm just getting back into it. But Shamar, like more came back towards the end and he is yet to confirm as well. So I'm wondering, I mean, like you can't. Well, okay, but here's the thing. So if certain other people don't come back, I'm sure they can get him back for at least something. You know, you oh, know what I mean? He, he's never coming back. He's okay, never well going to be invited okay, back. Well then, okay, well then he might still come. Am I right? Like, yeah, he's not. He's not invited back. Nobody on set wants to work with him again. But yeah, Matt Simmons is also missing from the list. The big one really is just like Matthew Gay, Gray Goobler and like Shamar Moore. I mean, those are big. Like Morgan and Reed. Morgan and Reed. Those are your like. Those are your boys. Those are your boys, and, like, the idea of them not being back in this, like, revival just feels a little weird. I, mm, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't, this, the issue is I haven't seen how the end of season 15 has ended off, so I don't know. Because I have an issue, which, if you know me, you know that I have an issue with finishing things. I have a hard time letting go. I've done the same thing with New Girl. I haven't watched season seven because I can't let go. In Criminal Minds, I stopped watching at season 13, mostly because they stopped. I think it was like season 12 or season 13. They didn't have passed it on Netflix and I didn't have the platform to watch it. So it was, it just was what it was. And then we got, it's on Paramount, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. Paramount Plus. And so, yeah, well, that's who they got their contract with was Paramount Plus. So I just haven't finished it. What do you think? about this revival of Criminal Minds as someone who doesn't watch Criminal Minds, which I think if you're a horror fan, you should also be a true crime fan. And I am a true crime fan. Uh, That's like fictionalized true crime. You know me. I watch Dateline all the time. I I nap to Dateline, okay? Like, I know that's weird, but like, that's what I do. So I I am. Um, The few times that I've watched it with you, I have been interested in it. I see what you mean about not getting Matthew Gray Goobler back. Like, um, I keep thinking about that one courtroom scene where he's like, call me Dr. Reed or, you know. And- yeah, he goes, he goes, he goes, if you want to punish me for a mistake that I made, but don't put the rest of my team on trial. And he's like, calm down, agent. He said, it's doctor. <laughs> yeah. he, no, he said, I am calm and it's doctor. And I said, oh, yes, yeah. that part. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, like, the clips that you have showed me, like, I'm interested in it. And if they do a revival, they obviously, when you do these revivals, much like Scream had to do, where it had to toe the line between a lot of young people went out to see Scream. Like, the demographic age range for the majority of people who went to Scream was 18 to 28, I think. Like, who knows if those people, if most of them have have even watched, like, any of them or I mean, at least all of them a prime example of that is when i went and saw halloween 2018 but i hadn't seen the original halloween yeah so i mean it's you know you want to capture a new audience while maintaining your fan base and so i think a couple of things that you have to do you know you have to check the box of getting your staple cast back you have to do it we were all waiting. are you giving us the rules of the sequel now should we start I, a list like well everyone just, in screen listen. didn't they do that didn't the what were the 
what were the siblings' names? The siblings. Oh, oh, the the Meeks Martins. The yeah. Meeks Martins. Are you making our sequel list? No, no, no. Our requel list. I'm just saying our revival there, list. There are definitely <laughs> like things that you have to check off. Like you have to have a mix of returning and old. Ki- yeah, I'm I'm going into Mindy's speech here, but she's <laughs> she's right, kind of because like you have to you have to get new fans in. So as someone who hasn't like been like a huge fan, like I am excited to maybe like kind of like jump at the potential of wanting to be a new fan. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. maybe I'll start watching it with you and maybe they go in a different, interesting direction. And like, I don't know, maybe it's good. I mean, I come up with a concept for criminal minds that would have been great in the middle of criminal minds is every show gets like a spinoff. And I would have loved to have just a show that was more their personal lives than like crime based. I would have loved that even just like a special, like, series but i get that like it was an older show so it wasn't in when we started getting all these like special series and stuff that like streaming has kind of brought to like a forefront Mm. that's a good point i didn't even think about that because even something like um i'm thinking of like uh euphoria recently Mm -hmm. where it had you know it had this really long hiatus and then all of a sudden you had two special episodes is what they called it but the special episodes were literally like an hour and a half long i remember them being ridiculously long and um and it was just a way to bridge one into the other and really flesh out some more character arcs and and yeah it's a really interesting way of doing it and did um, it your the show that you watch elite also do something along oh, those lines elite does it in between every season more recently so i think the last two or three seasons they've done it where they have um it's a netflix show by the way it's a spanish drama ish uh it's like a drama thriller it's a really weird mix it's a weird mix it's it's a Spanish show, okay? Uh, so it's like strange, but in a good way. And they have these, you know, these bridges in between seasons where you really get to learn more about individual characters. And the thing I love about it, they sideline their main staple characters and they introduce new characters that will come up in the season ahead or they'll like really dial back and focus on someone that they didn't spend a lot of time with like in the previous season. So it's a way to really build the connection between the whole ensemble. And I feel like, yeah, like you were saying, like if Criminal Minds were able to do that, that would be great. There's one that I can really like pinpoint. I mean, we all know that like Hotch's wife dies and not like in like the first couple of season. And that was such an intense feeling. And I mean, we have, I can't even think of his name because I, um, don't I, I've trauma blocked this time in my life because the episode where um, Hotch's wife died, I watched that the night that I put my dog down. So like I've trauma blocked this whole entire thing, but we all know that killer. I would have loved to kind of get like just a special series, like a few episodes of like what he was doing in the meantime, because he kept telling Hotch like, stop hunting me and I'll stop hunting you. And like Hotch and his morals, good thing his character had morals and not the actor, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> And his morals wouldn't do that and put his family at risk. And we just, we experienced that. I mean, isn't it like the Ripper or something? Can't remember. Honestly, I don't want to say that. It's not that. So let's just pretend. But I think it would have been really interesting to get more of like a point of view on like some of like their like high profile like killers that they followed for such a long time that were like haunting them. You know, you have that case that haunts you, that follows you. It'd have been really cool to just get a spin on those and to like, we would get little clips, like they would show little clips of like the murderers and stuff in them. But I think it would have been just so interesting to get like 
more time on the ones that like the higher profile ones you know especially with it going to paramount that would be a really great opportunity to kind of take the horror element and really like tastefully like push the boundaries a little bit on what they're going in depth on in the episodes i mean i know they're pretty intense as as is you have not seen half of them (laughs) but i'm but from what i've seen like it seems like they they do go there sometimes but i'm saying they could really sit in someone's mind for for a whole episode do you know what i mean like you could really sit in one of their minds for a whole episode rather than just little bits throughout an episode Mm -hmm. to really like elevate that storytelling well in the last episode that um you had just come home to which was um talking about daria and how she had this severe stockholm syndrome and just going through all of her trauma they do that every once in a while it would just be more interesting they do it randomly Mm -hmm. there's another one with um a woman who was on death row um and she was complete do you remember this one? one yeah yes um that one is one of my favorite episodes to this day and um, it's really intense. And we're all like in that moment. And I remember watching it for the first time. And if I could rewatch it again, I would. Um, I just think it would be so interesting because we did it so randomly with like, that would just be the episode and it'd be someone we've never met before, mm-hmm. but they've met. I I think about it too, doing more like, I would love to see more of the grief that happened when Gideon died. That was super intense. And I would love to see more of that. Um more of Spencer, like when he got addicted to like Dilaudid. I remember I the reason original reason I stopped watching Criminal Minds is because Spencer went to jail and that pissed me off. <laughs> I was like, he's been through enough. His girlfriends died in front of him. And she's like, we'll always have this. You can never take that away from us. And the freaking girl shoots through her brain to kill his girlfriend. Just KOs both of them. How fucked is that? Freaking May did not deserve that. Yeah. It was so frustrating. Hmm. I just, if you're excited for the revival like I am, I'm an OG fan and I'm really excited to see where it could go. I am a little disappointed about not having Matthew Gray Goobler sign on yet, but maybe he will. Maybe he's surprising us. It's it's going to be, uh, to tie it back into Scream, it's going to be the Nev Campbell announcement. It's like, when's it coming? Is it going to come? You almost can't do it without. So what are you doing? You know, Especially since like we've taken people like Hotch off. Like, which as we should, um, it'll just be interesting to see. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. And Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and more within minutes of finishing your first recording. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. We use Buzzsprout and can attest that it is a cakewalk compared to some of the other hosting platforms that we've used. So what are you waiting for? Grab some gear that you already have and then find a quiet place to record and talk about all your favorite things. Following the link in the show notes, let's Buzzsprout know that we sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and help support our show. We can't wait to hear your passion. There's a movie that I've been utterly obsessed with lately. You know it. I know it. I've seen it. 
in the double digits. It's kind of like blown up everywhere. And it's in Kanto. Jared has only seen this one time. Not true. I've seen it twice. When did you see it the second? Oh, you came home when we were watching. Okay, he didn't watch the full thing. That doesn't count. It's like one and a half times. Okay, fine. He's only seen it one and a half times. I've seen it enough um, for the entire population. I could quote the whole entire thing. You're all welcome. I have never been more excited about a song than We Don't Talk About Bruno. It is in my... It is in my top everything on Spotify. I listen to it two to three times a day. It's in my head. I'm just, I'm vibing. You know, Rats Along is back. Mm-hmm. We don't talk when he about Bruno. Yeah, yeah. You know, but mm-hmm. how do you feel about the song? I like the song. I, you know, at first when you were first showing it to me, I think the thing that stood out to me the most was its um, musicality in terms of how um how performative it sounds you know what i mean like let it go is perform i'm talking about like theater performative like it's very much different than let it go and um and i know that's the thing that it's being compared to for obvious reasons and i know you'll cover that later but um i i like the song um i don't know i find myself i find myself singing it in my head so you know this because know. I've randomly just started singing it. And like, you know me, I'm not, I, I'm not sitting over here like singing, let it go or singing <laughs> like any, anything else like that. Like I like Disney enough, but like, I, okay. I don't like Disney enough. I like Disney. I like Disney animation enough to where I can watch something and specifically Pixar too, you know, and, and really feel like involved and engaged. And this one felt different in a good way and obviously the musicality of it kind of stuck with me so it was good i know it's very interesting for us to be talking about disney in a positive light on this podcast you're all welcome um i am a disney stan i will not say i'm a disney adult because i am not um disney does do just things with animation that there's no one else able to do it and i i love encanto i could rave about this for hours i could multiple hours there is a lot of talk um just about the success of the song in the way that different social media platforms specifically tiktok which i am also a stan of i love tiktok you can ask jared how many tiktoks i sent him a day i used to have a limit back in the day probably in the middle of 2020 when we first started talking i had a tiktok limit of one a day because he would get overwhelmed so yeah, I, I yeah, I would get overwhelmed by more than one at once. And I still kind of am, but I'll deal with it. Yeah, we've we've made it past my TikTok limits. So you see how like TikTok has done such an influence on like just everything. You see how businesses get so much exposure, different songs, like you see all these small creators showing up on Spotify and like on these different platforms getting the support that they need because of TikTok. It's it's honestly crazy. I have I hear that song we don't talk about Bruno probably three to four times within an hour of being on TikTok, and it's specifically just like the um, it's like the OJ Mariano's on his way, and it's like because it's like a trend, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's super fun because it's his little walk. It's his little walk. He put his whole entire life into that walk. He was waiting his whole entire moment. He said, got to be perfect for my little walk. And I just, how do you feel about TikTok and the way that it's influencing everything? Oh, I hated it for the <laughs> longest time. 
Um, I, you know that I did. I, you know, I, there's a part of me that like just hates social media. Like I fucking loathe it. You know what I mean? Like I, and so like for me, it's like, it's hard for me to come to with apps. (laughs) Like it, it took me forever to want to keep Facebook downloaded. And the only reason I did was this business. Otherwise Facebook would have been gone long ago for me. The funniest thing is he says he hates and loathes TikTok as we have created our own TikTok and posted our own video within the past two days. So this is just simply comical, his lows for TikTok. And yet he would also like to hop on the TikTok clout train. I do want to hop on the clout train. (laughs) (laughs) Look at how hypocritical I am. No, see, but that's the thing. There's nuance in it, right? It's done so many good things for so many different people but it's also been the bane of my existence so it can be two things at once you know what i mean and i think that's kind of what you were speaking to is that it it blew up a lot because of tiktok and you can get you know you get you hit that algorithm just right and you can go to the moon so i think that is partly the success of the song because I'm hearing it everywhere. Like literally, I don't know what your for you page looks like, but I got to imagine actually you did show me one day you showed me it was basically all in Kanto. And like, I got to If you were like going down a rabbit hole of, we don't talk about Bruno as a, as a TikTok sound, like, Oh my God. Like the well, amount of people talking about the song and making skits with the song. And it's really cool to see pe- people's creative output. Anyway, there's yeah. different like effects too. So there's a there's it's called the red and blue um, filter on TikTok, and it lets you be both um, a woman and a man. So people will do like the first part of like we don't talk about Bruno, like it was my wedding day, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to whenever you blink, it changes from the woman to the man. And I don't want to admit how many drafts I have <laughs> on my TikTok of me trying to get that timed correctly. It is the worst when I can't blink. I I just, it's the cosplaying. It's, uh, it's really exciting. It's really exciting. As someone that is both black and um, Hispanic, it is so exciting to Dolores is my first representation of that. And I am 22, almost 23 years old. And I have never had this representation before. I mean, you had Coco, which was super great for like the Hispanic and like Latino community but you don't have a lot of representation for that like Latinx community. So Encanto just brought such an exciting part of that. And it brought in a lot of, you know, that good old generational trauma. And there's just such a different type of generational trauma that comes with, um, you have immigrant families that can relate a lot to what Encanto is doing. You have, especially that we don't talk about Bruno, like we just don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about our black sheep. You don't talk about those things, but you also talk about them. And it was so like accurate where it's like, you don't talk about them, but you can talk about them in hushed whispers without certain ears hearing. But if you get caught, like you need to stop. And it was so good. If you look at the animation, you see like Bruno in the background, you see oh, Dolores, you see that inner cutting at the, like at the end where they're just like overlapping each other. And it's so beautiful. It is so beautiful. I could watch it over and over again. I see it in my head. I hear it. The different harmonies. It's it's such like a it's like the it's such a big climax, you know. Like, I mean, this is when we Mirabelle's like shit gets exposed in front of a proposal in front of Abuela, which is not a good vibe. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I'm going to have to. Uh, there's going to be a video. I'm going to do a video on Encanto. I promise you this. It's going to happen. It's coming. I'm just going to delve into Encanto. Probably a TikTok video. <laughs> okay. Probably. I'm going to use that three-minute filter. I'm going to go in. It's going to be the longest three minutes of my life. I'm going to be talking so fast. You're going to be like, is she saying words? And I'll be like, no. But yes, I am. <laughs> Encanto. Uh, did you want to talk about the billboard? Yeah. So it's number one. It's number one on the top 100. In addition to like TikTok and the influence that TikTok has had, there's been a lot of conversation about the popularity in like Latin pop music and what kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Not effects, vibe. What the, what the, Mm, words, words, words. What the response maybe is what I'm thinking would have been like without like songs like Despacito. Okay. So you're saying like what would happen? Would that song blow up as much if Despacito didn't really bring to the forefront that type of musical influence in in traditional like pop music in what we would think of in the United States. Yeah. So basically like Despacito just really brought in, I mean like Despacito reigned at like the top for like way too long that I wanted to stab my ears. I wanted to die. Great song. Really liked it. Like the first 20 times. (laughs) I liked it up until Justin Bieber couldn't actually sing the words (laughs) in concert. I was like, oh man, like, hold on. I'm Justin Bieber. That's what I kind of heard the entire time. Despacito. Honestly, that is another thing that has really just made me bad, mad, bad bad about bad. <laughs> mad about Encanto and just Latin like pop music coming into like American culture is because now please don't hate me for this but like white people don't know how to talk good mm-hmm. you don't know how many times <laughs> that people have been coming to the theater and they're like oh we want to go see that one movie and they're with their kid they're with their kid right <laughs> and it's the funniest shit ever they're like what's what's that movie called what's it called Encanto and their kids like Encanto and I'm like oh my god like your child is literally more tolerant than you will ever be in your life it's funny it's just it's so interesting and like I mean there has been like a conversation on TikTok about Encanto it's it's I wish I wish Americans especially white Americans loved like Latin people Hispanic people as much as they love our food and our music it's mm-hmm. it's a hot debate. It's a hot conversation. And I mean, that kind of ties into like, I wish white people loved black people as much as they loved our culture and our music. Because I mean, <laughs> where's it at? Where's it at? Um, which kind of lets me bring up to the forefront different ways as a white person, you can be supportive in Black History Month to the black community. The other day, one of my friends, a lot of my friends are white. She sent me this really funny photo. Super funny. It's really hysterical. Um, It is a white little boy in a shirt for Black History Month that says, I'm black every month, but this month I'm blackity black black. And when I tell you that this is not the way that you support the black community during Black History Month, 
it's just so funny. Cause who 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 greenlighted that? Who said, mm, let's they just they just use like random stills of kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like <laughs> when you do like the mock-ups, like uh like for our merch store, you know, I didn't I didn't hire those models. That's just the mock-up for my clothing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it's yeah, yeah, it's it's tricky. I mean, it's not the kids' fault by any means, but like Oh my god. <laughs> like what company said that? And there's a lot of different ways. I mean, you see um you see a lot of people just trying to profit off of Black History Month, which is a reason I am at the forefront of this and this is actually a conversation I brought up to Jared that I wanted to take over the podcast and do things like that for Black History Month cuz I don't want it to seem like we're trying to hop on that train. Jared is a white person. I, I am not. <laughs> and I thought it was important for us to talk about it. I mean, we talk about the way that we're trying to amplify like black voices, especially in like the film communities and stuff like that. And I wanted to kind of lead the forefront so it didn't look like performative activism for Jared, because it can taste a little wrong. What's that? Sour taste? Mm-hmm. A bitter taste in your mouth? Leave a bitter taste? If you would like to support the Borough Reviews or the Into the Borough podcast, please consider joining our Patreon campaign. Our Patreon offers a few distinct memberships, Candyman, a $1 a month tier to show your general support for what we do. It follows a $2 a month tier that will grant you early access to our videos before they release on YouTube. Hereditary, a $5 a month tier with exclusive podcast discussions and member-only polls so you control what content we focus on each month. And finally, Trick or Treat, a $10 a month tier where you'll get exclusive videos, behind-the-scene content, and all of the other perks combined. And who knows, there may be a super secret tier waiting to be discovered. During these times, it is crucial for us to remain stable, and with your help, we can get there. Head over to patreon.com slash Reviews to sign up. The Borough Reviews, your movie refuge. As a white person, do you know, like, how to support, like, the black community during black history month like if there's something in your head that goes ah this is what i should do yeah it's i think a lot of it is uh take a step back um what i you know i learned a lot of this during just protesting in 2020 really like um and you know not so much before that but really during that period it was a conversation of you know i mean we as as we were you know in in countless protests and stuff over that summer um, you know, revolving around George uh, Floyd's death, I think that a lot of what I experienced was a lot of kind of white savior figures try and like take the lead and and really like express the frustration that other black you know people were maybe having at that time and like and it it seemed wrong and I watched the response that a lot of different people had to that. And I felt very uncomfortable. And I think it's okay for us to express our discomfort in in a way that is like, I understand how, how I, it's okay to be uncomfortable with situations is what is what that taught me. And I think that in hindsight, looking back on it, it really made me appreciate just taking a step back and letting you know other people talk about their experiences and their history rather than me having to filter it almost and kind of explain it 
over someone else. Like, so I don't, I don't do that. (laughs) Um, So I, I feel like, I feel like that's my biggest takeaway is like how to support is less talk and more just sharing. It's, it's more sharing. Like I, um, I saw dread central, you know, put out their podcast with, um, with two hosts and they didn't like make a big flashy deal about it or anything. They were like, check out these awesome creators, you know? And it's like, yeah, more of that. Right. Like, so it becomes less of a performative act and more of a just sharing good content. I think, you know, (laughs) rather than you trying to filter it through some political lens. Yeah. That's, that's what I have. Yeah. I think that's really great. I genuinely, I do think that's really great. And that's something that like, I mean, you heard from me, I was super active um, in the protest and Jared was right there by my side, being my support system, being my kind of like my rock in that situation. When we were in unsafe situations, it is safer for me to have a white person around me. He was that person that kept those situations safe. He also happened to live in downtown Lincoln at the time. So very convenient when I was getting tear gassed and I was like, oh, my eyes are burning. Um, just, it was a very interesting time. And that was something that I had to tell a lot of my white friends and a lot of people around me. I was like, this isn't the time for you to be posting on your social media, cute photos of you protesting. It's not cute. It's exhausting and it's tiring. And I'm angry and I'm, I'm furious. I'm furious. Enough is enough. And I think that was something that I just really, it really frustrated me. And I like, I took a step back from a lot of my friendships because I realized that they weren't amplifying my voice. They were trying to talk over it. They were trying to tell my experience for me. And that's something that just doesn't need to happen and something that you can do to support your community, to support the Black community is you don't need to talk over us. You don't need to get angry for us. I want you, I don't want everything associated with Black people and a lot of Black people feel this way. I don't want it always to be focused around like our struggle and our protest. I want it to be focused about our joy the good things that we do, the, you have so many creatives in the black community, so much music, art, just, we do more than just get killed by white people. We do more than just the statistics and the stereotypes that are put on us. And I think that's something that like, as a white person, you can step back and acknowledge, hey, am I only sharing traumatic things that happen to black people? Or am I sharing good things that are happening to Black people? Am I supporting my Black friend that's starting their business? It's taking that step back because you see so many people share about protest, about people dying. Are you taking that same energy and pouring it into your community in a positive way, saying, my friend um, my friend started this business and she's a Black person. I'm going to support her. Oh, there's this Black-owned business. And are you supporting Black-owned businesses and those people 365 days a week? Because I'm black 365 days a week. I'm not black for one month. And that's like a big conversation. It's, again, profiting off of it. It's, oh, I'm going to support you and I'm going to really amplify that during this one month. And then you're not going to hear from me for the rest of the 11. And it's reminding, hey, like, I have a business 365 days a month, not just for one month. And so I think that's something that as like a white person, you can kind of reflect on and be like, am I supporting them more than just one month? It's supposed to bring awareness not be the only months that you talk about it. I'm running out of breath. I have a lot of anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of talking. Yeah. That was really intense. Mm-hmm. But I think that's that's kind of my one thing that you can do to help 
support is we talk a lot about protests. We talk a lot about the bad things that happen. Just celebrating in like black joy. Just celebrate with us. You don't need to feel bad for us. We deal with our injustices enough. (laughs) We do. It's exhausting. I don't want the only thing about me to be the bad things about being black. I want to celebrate the good things about being black. I want to celebrate my culture. I want to celebrate the things that I get to do, the different things. And just being respectful. A lot of times you can get a lot of cultural appropriation and like saying that you're celebrating black joy. There's a difference between cultural appreciation and appropriation. If someone's telling you what you're doing isn't appreciation, you should listen to them because it's their culture. And that applies to any person of color. Just listen. And I think that's something that people don't like hearing that they're wrong. They don't like criticism. And a lot of times it doesn't come from a place of hate saying, hey, what you're doing isn't really okay with us. And we want to tell you before it becomes a problem. And people don't like that at all. White people specifically don't like that. I mean, you have that with like dreads, braids, stuff like that. Yeah. I just, just take a step back. You listen, you appreciate, and you just support your friends, your Black friends your Black community members, in their joy. Because it's a good month and it's a happy month. And yes, there's a lot of sad and like sorrow that comes with Black history. But there's a lot of good things. And we don't need to like... There's this slam poetry, like, poet from a billion years ago. And it just talked about like, like my scars are mine to pick at and yours to stay away from. Like, you don't need to bring up the trauma that comes with being Black. That's mine to deal with. You can help me amplify the good, though. And that's kind of like my takeaway. As like a white person, just help amplify the good. Just help amplify the good. Support your friends. Support your Black friends. Share the good things that are happening. And if they want you to share the bad things, they'll ask for your help. They'll ask for the support when they need it. And I think that's just something we need to learn as like a collective is just listening. Listening to people. Active listening. That's what I got for you. I think that's all that we have for you today. Is that it? You have any other words that you want to say? No, I don't have anything. I mean, you. Uh, I guess one thing, because um, you mentioned that we have a TikTok now. Oh, yeah, uh, we do have a TikTok. At the Borough Reviews. That's it. Ticky talk, ticky talk. Um, we're big Lord stands over here. You'll get it if you've seen it. If you know, you know. Well, thanks so much for joining us here at the Into the Borough podcast. You'll catch me again here next week. But not Jared. I'm, I'm gone, baby. <laughs> he's, Vacation. He's kicked out. Um, will he still be editing the podcast? Yes. He'll still be working hard. You make the white man work for you. Ask yourself today what the white man can do for you. <laughs> That's funny. Can you put that in? Oh, yeah. I'm keeping that <laughs> <Okay>. in. <laughs> Um, he'll be editing the podcast for this month, but I will be bringing on some other Black creatives, um, different people in our current community here in Omaha, Lincoln, Council Bluffs area. Just having some good conversations that can be more communicative because Jared can't talk about these issues. As he shouldn't. Hence why I'm like silent over <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. Um... I talked about Scream the most. He was really excited about Scream. Good vibes, good vibes. Really excited about Scream. Super excited about Criminal Minds. I hope you enjoyed hearing from us. Mostly me. And I can't wait to see you guys and talk with you guys next week for Black History Month.